I didn't get my delivery. I mean, you didn't get it. I didn't get my delivery. You very kind. Thank you, John Syracuse. You very kindly agreed to delay the beginning of our program for 15 minutes because I thought I was going to get some deliveries. Now, here's the thing. I'm, I'm watching the app, and the app is saying you're seven stops away. You're four stops away. And then you know what? I, I went ahead, and, and I just said, forget it. Not today, Satan. I'm going I'm to go to the office and talk to John Syracuse. And, and I can't even look right now because I'm pretty sure my stuff's been delivered. So what you're saying is mm-hmm. we had a delayed start, but then you didn't even make the delayed start mean something. You just threw it away. I can totally see why you would say that. Yeah. Well, don't worry. I've heard that uh, it's, it's, not, it's not a big deal because the, the stuff will be safe out there. It'll be safe out there. But here's, here's the problem. And this is where you get, uh, I don't know, it's not scope creep, but slides. You know, I guess slide is a better term. Like you get slips maybe is what some people call it in projects. Oh, we had a slip on that. Or the thing is those, those you never gain back that time on a slip. So I had one slip, which was, oh, I'm going to ask you 15 minutes before we start, if we can start 15 minutes later, meaning a half hour from now. And I could have chased that dragon up to the last minute, but I don't control when that thing happens. And it's more important to me to honor uh, the time we said, you know, the, the new time. Then, then what, what would you do? Because it seems uh, to me you would have done the same thing well, I did. Here's a question. Um, are there other people at your house available to receive the delivery besides you or no? Absolutely, yes. It's, uh, it's, it's just Amazon. So then you didn't need a delay at all. Well, so you do you think I you framed I think I you think I framed it inadequately that, that I made it sound like I was signing for for uh, something costly I mean, really I just wanted to be there when something arrived. Yeah, that's the whole thing. You just wanted to be there when something or you just wanted to be the, like the first face that it sees, like a uh, mm-hmm. baby bird imprints, like when it yeah. comes out of the Con- egg. Conrad Lawrence, yeah, yeah. So you you know that that uh you're, the, you're the, saying those my, tubes for your 3D printer they come out of the box that <laughs> you want your face to be the first one they see. It's pneumatic tubing, John. It's made by Capricorn. And mm-hmm. I would like my face to be the first one that they see. No, no. It would just be easier because there's some stuff I've been wanting to do that I've been unable to do because I didn't have this stuff. And I thought if I could get it and take it, then I wouldn't have to come back. But the fact that I am very close to the house yeah. is the whole well, thing. We don't want to make you making that long trip too many times per day. Oh, my goodness. You know, my battery doesn't hold the charge like it used to. Mm-hmm. Even with the naps. I mean, every night's a nap if you're tired yeah. enough. That's what my scooter says. <laughs> Every night's a nap. Put that on the wisdom document. Okay, I'm doing it right now. Uh, hey, John, how are you this, this uh, fortnight? You ready for some follow-up? Follow-up. No. Sorry. Hey, step. John, do we have any follow-up this week? We do. Oh, would, would you be willing to share it in a way that's to, where I don't do anything amusing? Sure. Okay. Uh, Craig writes, the Ides of March is the always Craig. the 15th. Mm-hmm. For some other months, it's always the 13th. Uh, and for a little bit more details there. Uh, well, do you want to provide some context for why you're saying this, John? Uh, yeah. Last, last episode, Merlin was talking about the Ides of March, and he said that it, he, wanted, he wanted people to know that it moves around, but apparently it does not move around. Well, I don't know if I, I don't think, I, just, just for context, because nobody's going to know what the hell you're talking about. I said something about the Ides of March, and then in a bit that I do, where I add some fact I learned a long time ago to it, a, a strap-on style, I said, oh, you know, in the, uh, the Ides, I think what I said, I haven't listened back, but I think I said the Ides is not always on the 15th, I think is so what I your, said. So your contention is that you did not say the Ides of March, but instead you said the Ides is not always on the 15th. I, might, I, I have misspoken on at least four occasions in the past, and it's entirely, including f- three to five times during the pre-show um, with you. 
preflow? What do you what do you call it? <laughs> what do you call it? I'm not gonna make. I'm not gonna do it. I'm not gonna. Preflow is what we called it in bakery when you take a dump before you play. Yeah. No, right. Right. Okay. So keep going. Um, you'll eventually get there. Okay. Um, who are you gonna run to now, Night Ranger? Is my question. Mm-hmm. And and um and and the thing I just I I probably misspoke and said that no I I okay all right Craig what did Craig say? Yeah, uh, this is from the Wikipedia page. Uh, for most months, it's on the fifteenth uh, or it's on the thirteenth. But for the mar- months of March, May, uh, July, and October, it is on the fifteenth. So there you go. I was being an anti-turns out journalist. Because people, people, it's one of those, like, it's like the iceberg, like those videos you like, there's an iceberg to this, which is like, there are people who know Julius Caesar was killed on the Ides, you know, beware the Ides of March. Okay. Well, people know that reference. And then they feel a little smarter when they find out that the Ides of March on whatever Fakakta calendar they had was the 15th of whatever they called March. And, and then. Smarch, then, yeah. Smarch. But no, they called it Smarch, remember? Is that, is that the Smarch to remember? <laughs> yeah. And I think then, it's the Simpsons. But Simpsons then what people, reference. oh yeah, or Tillum, Tillum and Tillum too. But, the, but, but, uh, but then, then people who, who regard themselves as very smart started, started saying, oh my God, it's already Bastille Day. That means that tomorrow is the Ides of July. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I don't have an opinion about when the Ides are in other ones. And to be honest with you, I don't know what an Ide is. I know there's high Ide and low Ide. Well, that's why we'll put a link to the Wikipedia page. You can learn what it is. And it's really dumb. Oh, it, really? Yeah, it's really dumb. <laughs> Well, okay, so like I, I honestly don't think it means tides, but there's a part of me that thinks, and we're, this would this would have been during the, um, you know, the BCE era. I could see something tidal being important, and maybe they drop the T, like like somebody who's decided to. No, uh, I, I would never have guessed this uh, until I read the Wikipedia. Please page. tell I'll me, please tell read me. Read briefly. Uh, the Romans did not number each day of the month from the first to the last day, because why would they? That would make too much sense. No. Instead, Monday they counted back morning, from, Monday morning timekeeper. Yeah. They counted <sighs> back from three fixed points of the month. Again the with nuns, the counting back, the, like V I I I. Yeah. The nuns, the <sighs> Ides, and the Calends. And so all, all the oh, other I days. See. So the nuns was was the fifth, seventh, or eighth, uh, eight, uh, fifth, seventh, or eight days before the Ides. The Ides was the thirteenth for most months, but the fifteenth, fifteenth for March, May, July, and October, and the Calends. It's the first of the following month. It's dumb. It's a dumb system. Is there a rhyme to remember it? No. Uh, what you have to remember is well, that the, the, the thing is, were I'm bad ask at numbering it, Because it has to be in Latin too, right? Yeah. Like if you can want to remember anything about the Romans, bad at numbering. Uh-huh. And it's right there. Roman numerals. Not a good system. I mean, let me look. You put this in the document. Let's see. I did not stand the test of time anywhere except for the NFL. It's 15th in March, May. Fifteenth, uh, I have half March, May, July. No, no. Do you ever see the knuckle counting technique for figuring out which months have thirty-one days and stuff? Do you know that one? I never understood that one either. Yeah, I have. Yeah, so you, could, you, count, was, you count the knuckle and then the space in between, and right? the gap between them, and it's like, boy, this is a bad system because I've never remembered how to do it. This is why programmers start with zero. It's very confusing. Like, what really is one? Mm-hmm. Have you really thought about it? Like, what really is one? Because it's it's pretty wild. It's the loneliest number. Um, I, I, I cracked wise, uh, about this, uh, uh, well, cause I was listening to Brian Regan, who's a comedian that I like a lot. And he has a very, he's very funny. He, he's the YouTube guy and he, um, take luck. And he's, he has a bit about him and his wife <laughs> claiming that they broke up because they could never agree on which one is next and which one is this. Mm-hmm. And I run into that in his case, the example he's giving is this exit or the next exit. And, yep. and I, I will bet you that you and I 
do not call next weekend and this weekend. I bet that would be ambiguous either way. To say this weekend, because a lot, I here's my here's my tell, and I know this is wrong, but it, it's sometimes I say, like I would say to somebody, oh my gosh, like if it's like today's Tuesday, right? Like it wouldn't be at all weird for me yesterday, and I pr- probably said this yesterday um, on a Monday to say, oh my gosh, you know, we watched From Russia with Love this weekend. Now there are people who claim that when you say this weekend, it means, and this is why I say it's like the number one, John. You should write this down. You probably learned this in one of your CS classes. Um, go, cyber studio classes. But, but this, to a lot of people, always means the weekend that is coming up this. <laughs> they I think next think weekend true. means the weekend after the one that's no, about to happen. It doesn't. It doesn't always mean that to anybody. Only people who are arguing about it on the internet and deciding that they need to come up with oh some kind God, of hard and fast you. rule based on the words. What really happens is any other person you were talking to who you said that sentence to would do what we all do is based on the context and the fact that you use past tense and the fact that we know that time flows in one direction only as far as we're aware for now uh, that it must have been uh, the weekend that had just passed that you were referring to and nobody is confused and the only time it would come up is, is someone trying to formulate when i say t-h-i-s space weekend that always means the same thing and only people it's contextual it's very contextual because if i said totally this contextual weekend, and not only yeah. is it contextual it's not confusing. People don't get confused about it that often. If, if I said any, this weekend on Friday, you'd think I mean now. Yeah, if there's if there's any bit of confusion, people, when speaking to each other, clarify very quickly if there's any confusion. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the only time I feel like it could fall down is if someone writes it in an asynchronous context, like email or messages, where there's no opportunity H- how to do, do I handle that, that? How, how does real-time clarification. But then, you, you know, just, yeah. just use the Sorry. real date. I was asked to stop interrupting you. I apologize. Um, Who asked you that? Oh, a listener who's very oh, disappointed. Name names. I'll tell you. He's a he. He's one of those folks who, who likes to email me uh, a couple times a year with a remark uh, about something he he wishes I would do different. Is he disappointed in you? He's very disappointed in me. <laughs> I think the this is if I if I remember correctly. I know I'm not supposed to discuss communications with people. I, I think what the email said to me was, um, uh, I, I remember when you used to not interrupt John, frowny face. Well, now that's a lie. No one remembers that time, a time that didn't exist. Mm-mm, that's lost the time. Yeah. Was there ever a None time now live who remember it. What's that from? Is that, is that Lord of the Rings? You got it. Oh, man. Shire. Um, Hobbitses. You didn't ask me what I, what I wrote back. No, you shouldn't read anything back. The answer, the, the correct answer is you shouldn't read anything back. I guess that's what I always say, did. which is I appreciate your listening. Yeah, which is true. You well, true. you know, there are, there are levels. And I appreciate I feel like your listening. Is, <laughs> That's right. I appreciate your listening. <laughs> I appreciate your listening. Oh no! Oh, oh. I, I appreciate your uh, listening. Oh, I was doing the uh, the. What, do you remember what that's from? The I never uh, said she stole my money. Is it that? Yeah. What What is that? What's the origin of that? I one? never said she stole my money. Is an example of a a fascinating example. I think about constantly. So y'all just think about the phrase if you just read it on the page that says I never said she stole my money. Do you, do you not remember where it's from? That's what I was asking before you go on. Oh, I apologize. Funny. Well, you can tell me in a second. But then what you do is go through and in order for the most fun, say it out loud, stressing each word separately. And the whole meaning of the sentence changes. Is change. <laughs> that's, that's on you. That was on you. I had a nap and now I said changes. Is. Yeah, well, that's fine. <laughs> Turn and you face know, I my... don't remember where it's from. I, 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 I know I've heard it before. I was wondering if you remember the origin. Turn and face my preciouses. Is, is it like was it like an acting thing or 
Anyway, uh, whenever whenever I think about that, I think about uh, all the people who are trying to learn English as a second language, and I feel oh bad. Oh my god, them. I know me too. It's, I mean, it's, like it makes perfect sense to na- us native speakers, but like, boy, I would not want to have to try to teach. I paid this five to figures to learn how to speak this language, yeah. and I still. In some cases, not a lot of this is, I'm sure you will agree, comes from age, but there's just, there's some like, okay, so what, okay, let's, how about this, John? Oh my God, John, uh, 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 I'm not allowed to refer to our communications, but do you remember the adjective that I used uh, around quarter till to describe the delivery that I was getting? Yep. What was, to, could you please tell me what that adjective was? Imminent. Which I first wrote as eminent. And then I yeah. went, wait, because I still get it wrong. And I used to study God. So, you know, this, it's not just, this, eschatology is not just river in Egypt, is what I'm saying. His return mm. is, is, em, is eminent and imminent. Yep. No, no, no. There's that kind of stuff. There's just so much stuff where you're like, I mean, I mean, before you even get to like who and whom, can you imagine how excruciating that must be when other languages, what, what you got irregular verbs? Ooh, don't scare me like that. Irregular verbs. Oh my gosh. That implies that the language has some regular verbs, at least. <laughs> regular regular verbs you know that's what i should have studied maybe i could have minored in regular verbs verbs that poop on time <laughs> you're talking about the herb or herb as you say time flowing like a river yep yep um and um and so i didn't get my delivery uh but i it's just one of those things where it's like a double dumb guy thing where people go, oh, you know, the, uh, the Ides of September, it's on the 16th this year or whatever. And you're like, oh, God. You know, and that's something I have to really think about, John. I have a governor, as you know. And, and my governor tells me, you know, be careful because you're about to make a joke where you're only, people are only going to give you jazz about it if they know what, actually know what you're talking about and everybody else will not care. And that's basically my career. It's just dealing with people who are like, well, actually, that's not what FDM printer stands for. And other well, people I are mean, like, but the thing is, this uh, this plus follow up gives us all an opportunity to learn something. I didn't know about the nuns and the ides and the calends. I still don't know how to pronounce nuns. I'm just pronouncing it that way because that's how it's spelled. Is that a good article? Should I read it? No, just that paragraph is. Okay. Just, uh, you learn that they counted from these fixed <laughs> three fixed points and they counted outwards from them. It's middle out. They were using middle out. <laughs> with my hands again roman numerals not a shining achievement of mankind easy to carve into stone though oh that's true that's why they did it that way uh also i misspoke earlier uh, i think you were thinking of sharon stone and also mm-hmm. what what i was going to say was uh I, I eight eight was a bad example a better example would be nine see now this is where we start getting back to what really even is one because mm, you can't W-X-I-X, have nine yeah. you can't have nine without ten but that's not the way the numbers go right am i right Am I right or am I wrong? I-X. I think think you're right. W-X-I-X. That's right. Um, Did you know there's a fandom? I find myself on fandom more than I would like to admit for a variety of reasons. Right now it's for house. Uh, But did you know there's a fandom just for logos? You might want to check it out. Because I I think, I get the feeling you enjoy this particular kind of nostalgia. For show notes and for sending you something, I was looking for a W-X-I-X. Sorry, uh, Previously on Reconcilable Differences, I was talking about a TV station in my youth. We were discussing secret uh, secret things you didn't learn. It took too long to realize. <laughs> oh, don't, don't cross the streams. <laughs> um, things that took you too long, long to realize. And one of mine was WXIX, which is channel 19, the XIX being the Roman numeral for 19. 
And uh, I was, oh my God, they have so many good logos, but like whatever your favorite, like whatever you watch Creature Feature on, what did you watch Creature Feature on when you were a kid? What was your UHF station? I didn't have thing called Creature Feature, but I know what you're talking about. Well, like what was your favorite TV? Uh, like uh, WPX Channel 11, I believe. Oh, or is that Philadelphia? No, it's New York. Oh, what was the one with the million dollar movie? Gruber no. talks about that. Lots of people talk about that. WPIX New York logo. And unfortunately, I mean... What I did find then, that led me to, the point is, this is to your point and to the great Craig, his point, life is life is li- long time learning, is life. And education, you know, conduits, right? So like, I love, I love learning stuff like this and I try not to abuse that power, but I will never get bored learning about when the Ides of March is, like bits aside. Um, I love stuff like this. But so that led me to logos on fandom, which is, I mean, isn't that kind of technically sort of a for-profit arm of Wikipedia? Is that right? Uh, I don't think it's related to Wikipedia at all, and it sure is for-profit. That's what all those ads are for. I don't see those. Um, A lot of ads. Oh, my God. Is it 11? WPIX? Channel 11, yeah. Oh, sorry to say this. It's on Pinterest, but, oh, my God. There's like a, I'm going to send this to you. It's like a contact sheet almost of like old logos. I eat this stuff with a spoon. Like, do you remember like like how the NBC logo looked? in say the mid 70s yeah when the peacock was more peacocky yeah well yeah well there was, the peacock used to look like a, a real bird but also there was an nbc logo that seemed impossibly modern and i want to say it was like two pentagons irregular pentagons but it was like two five-shaped things that made an n in mm-hmm. my memory at least it was really really cool but then that also then could get this and you know this is up my alley this led me to a Flickr account of a guy who just posts old stuff from Cincinnati Broadcasting from like the 40s through the 2000s. And, and I saw a famous guy from Cincinnati named Bob Braun. He was an usher at, at my uh, parents' wedding. A, a guy named Nick Clooney, who, whose son ended up getting famous, local talk show host. Stuff about him. Stuff about Uncle Al, our local children's before. The cool ghoul, who was a friend of my dad's, because you know, my dad used to be in broadcasting. Or as they called it then, podcasting. What do you think of these uh, logos? 11 Alive. That feels very early 80s. I think the only one of these I recognize is uh, middle, second from the bottom. CW11. The two, the two big lines in a circle. And even that one is only ringing a little bit of a bell. It really looks like a pause button, doesn't it? Yeah. So it's, it's a whole uh, Twin Towers 9-11 thing. Wait, on purpose? No. I just like, in, in, because of 9-11, now we look at that and because it's a New York station. I and know. surely they showed the Twin Towers at various points in their broadcast that that's why they had to had to rename 911 yeah good to go to 999 like the rest of them did you know al-qaeda was something that we made up did you know that's that's not a name that they had that's a name we made up and gave them and then they adopted Mm -hmm. you know all names are made up this episode of reconcilable differences is brought to you by squarespace you can learn more about squarespace right now by visiting squarespace.com slash diffs squarespace is the all-in-one platform for building your brand and for growing your business online you can stand out with a beautiful website you can engage with your audience and sell anything whether that's your products your services or even the content that you create whatever it is squarespace has got you covered it's all in one place you guys it's it's squarespace you got to go get it uh you can make the most out of their uh, fluid engine which is their next generation website design system it will unlock your creativity more easily than ever before you can sell your products in an online store, whether that's physical or digital things, even stuff that you make, no problem. They have flexible payment options so the people who buy your stuff 
It can use credit cards, PayPal, Apple Pay, Afterpay, ClearPay. If it has pay in the name, uh, they didn't tell me to say this, but I bet, I bet you know Squarespace will do that. They have this new thing called Asset Library where you can upload, organize, access all your stuff from one place. There's just soup to nuts. There's so much you can do with Squarespace, and it's it's very easy to use. That's the thing. You can set somebody up with Squarespace, and Bob is literally your uncle. I love Squarespace. I've been using them for many, many numerous years. It's where the Roderick Online podcast uh, is, is, uh, is, is housed, and, and uh, I'll probably always will be because, you know, I got it set up there. And it was easy. And now I don't want to put it anyplace else. And why would I? Because I have Squarespace. Where's my bell? Let me move my bell. <clears throat> so that, that's the personal experience section. Big big fan of Squarespace. But, but, but here's the call to action. I want you to go to squarespace.com slash diffs. That's D-I-F-F-S. Going to get you a free trial of Squarespace. And then when you're ready to launch, you just go to squarespace.com slash diffs. Use our offer code diffs. It's going to get you 10% off your first purchase of a website or a domain. It's critical, people, that, that, that you remember this. It's squarespace.com slash diffs. And once again, the offer code is diffs, D-I-F-F-S, 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. And it will show your support for John, Craig, Syracuse. Uh, hey, seriously, thanks to Squarespace for supporting Reconcilable Differences and all of Relay FM. You know, you say that, and every time you say it, I, I want to be like brassy, but you know, it's true. All names are made up. Are there any names, John? John, are there any looked names? at your hand, Merlin. Like, you, you understand how rods and cones work. You know about the Purkinje shift? You see green and I see green. Mm-hmm. But at the golden hour, you're going through what's called the Purkinje shift, where your cones and rods, it, it's like, hey, so say it tomorrow, Sam. You know, that kind of situation. Mm-hmm. And, that, and that's why, you know, we live in a giant's, uh, what, do you, what is it you say it is, a toenail? Yeah, Tony. How's your toe? How's your toe? Is it going okay? They're they're hanging in there. They're not looking mm. great. I have, to, I have to tell you, but they're they're hanging in there. I will put this into show notes. Hey, peop, uh, people out there, uh, you can find show notes uh, for the things we do here at relay.fm slash rd. We'll have more to say about that in a minute. Second follow-up item from Second Tom Grusendorf. That's what I'm going to go with. Tom Grusendorf. I'm still doing these logos. So I'm going to put it in notes. Um, this is from Tom Grusendorf. Yeah, you are. One of your expressions is it's like pushing a rope uh, because pushing a rope is obviously hard to do unless the rope is really stiff, which rope is not known for being. Ro- ropes, so are, it, ropes are good at being. It's good, ropes are a good tool if they can be pulled, but yeah. just because that makes them good for pulling does not also make them good for pushing. Yeah. So the expression pushing a rope is trying to do something that is not going to work. And anyway, when you said that recently, I what popped out of my lotto machine brain was uh, the intonation pushing a rope, pushing a rope, pushing a rope. And I could not remember what the heck that was from. I didn't recognize sh- it. Shortly after we recorded the program, I did remember it. And then someone sent me a clip from it. Tom Grusendorf says, when John says pushing a rope and doesn't remember what he's references, I think it's I think it's this. And it's a clip from America's Funniest Home Videos <laughs> where Bob Saget is narrating what a dog in a video is thinking as it pushes a rock. And the dog is thinking, pushing a rock, pushing a rock, pushing a rock. <laughs> That's funny. And he found it on the internet at archive.org. So yeah. we'll put a link in the show notes to the Pushing the Rock video from America's Funniest Home Video, which was so important that it has been taking up brain space in my head for, what, two, three decades? Oh, you don't get to pick those things. You don't get to nope. pick who you love, and you don't get to pick what you remember. Mm-hmm. You should read that book, The Body Keeps the Score. Uh, I feel like I have, but I haven't. <laughs> mm-hmm. Wow. You know, a lot of Keep people hearing America, about it on podcasts. Uh-huh. Well, a lot of people in America feel like they've read a lot of things, and that's kind of the problem. Yeah. Um, 
And then mine are not interesting. It's because I was just making fun of what you were saying. But I, I, I mentioned nosing around and knifing around. Yeah, that, those were your guesses. But yeah, I don't know those ones. No, no, those not. Oh, oh, these are my guesses. But these are real things. Yeah, uh, n- nosing around, nosing around, nosing around, which oddly was pretty close to what you sang. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, no, for sure. Nosing around is a show that Vivian watches on uh, the uh, the young ones, and uh, it's a TV show made for young people. It's kind of like uh, No Adults Allowed on Mr. Show, that type of situation. The other one's mm-hmm. Knifing Around, which I think most of you will know as a um, Space Ghost reference. Yep. When Moltar is interviewing the singer from Radiohead. Tom, but he spells it like Thom. Thom? Oh, do you say Thom? How do they say it there? He said, I think he just says Tom, but it's spelled like Thom. It wouldn't be Tom. Well, who knows? Nick, what about Nicolas Cage? How do you say that? Cage. <laughs> But it was really just stolen. Stolen. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's a future piece of follow up in a minute here, and I was trying to figure out why you put it in. And the only thing I came was a couple of things that came up. But we'll talk about when we get to it. Um, my my, uh, my follow up is quick. Uh, I just want to say thanks to everybody um, who who so, so it meant a lot to me to talk about uh, things that took you too long to realize because sort of what my co-host just said a minute ago. You got this stuff in your brain. That just accumulates. And again, I'll, I'll repeat that thing I said a minute ago. You don't get to pick what you remember. Like, I don't get to pick what song is in my head, which has been infinite. What is it? The infinite? No, not infinite jest. But like, I've had several Spoon songs in my head a lot lately. Like, I don't get to pick that. I like Spoon, and I've, but I've stopped listening because like, I don't get to pick any of that. I don't get to pick. A spoonful weighs a ton, and I'm out. Spoonful. You could also do the this uh, uh, teaspoon by the song. That's what John I said. Teaspoon, spoonful weighs a ton. Those are the only two spoon songs. Oh, you're familiar with the Flaming Lips? Sure, I love that album. The the one with the running. Two scientists are waiting. Uh, yeah, yeah. That uh, one. What do you call it? Yoshimi Battles the Bank uh, Robots. Amazing. That's, album. that's the next one. But that that yeah, one, know, yeah those are good albums. Those that's are both my really. Good. Pink Robots is my favorite album. Favorite favorite Flaming Lips album. Yoshimi. Is that a song about anime manga? It's about uh, someone in Japan. With cancer. Oh, you you are eighteen year old girl who lives in small city in Japan, that kind of thing. You heard me on the radio about one year ago, and you want me to know? Yeah, it was the um the spoonful weighs a ton is from Cloud Something Metallic. What is that album? Clouds Taste Metallic. There you go. Which is a very good record, but you can also uh, I would go further back. You could go back to In a Priest Driven Ambulance. That's all. These are all very, very good albums. And that album that came on four CDs, didn't they do that? Was it four CDs? Yeah, yeah, Zurika. And they had an album uh, with four CDs, and the idea was that uh, you would listen to all of them at the same time on different like sound systems, and they would do it, perform it live where people brought boom boxes. Pretty yep. cool. Yoshimi, uh, uh, let's see, there's uh, uh, Weezer. I think we're doing, we're doing pretty good so far. It's only 34 minutes in. I think we're doing great. Mm-hmm. Casey would be proud of us. We're, we're moving with aplomb. Um, I wanted to, so we talked about that and I, I had many examples of things that I feel like it took me too long to realize. I mean, you know, I, some, some were more sublime than others, but like WXX is up there with, you know, holding one's body against someone. Um, but, uh, the cover of, uh, Asia by Steely Dan, uh, at least two or three people r- uh, wrote about that and saying that the, the ones that made me happiest, of course, were the people who were like, <laughs> believe it or not, probably men my age who also have loved Steely Dan their whole life and who were like, one guy, one guy said, I have a shirt. I have a shirt. I saw them live. I have a shirt. 
of Asia by stealing it. I have a shirt. He said, I, I, he said, I, I painted that cover. And I, didn't know that. <laughs> I have this, I have this image on canvas that I made with hands. And I did not know that that was a person either. And I just wanted to say Hakuna Matata. Thank you to everybody. Um, I personally, you know, I don't like being contacted, but if y'all wanted to send us more examples, but for me, that would be a Mastodon. Um, but wherever, like, please don't email me, but like, but like, uh, if you have more examples of these, you know, I say, especially if it's one I don't know, well, how would you know? QED, as we discussed, it's like a secret weird thing. It's like a secret weird thing, John. I think I said this two episodes ago, which was now 16 weeks ago. I said, it's like secret weird things in that you can't know because like this weekend and next weekend, it's contextual and somebody else has to bring half the party. You know what I'm saying? I think you're just confusing people. People already get these two things confused and I don't think they're like each other in any way except I'm, I'm for the fact that there is a moment who? of revelation. Who, who am I? What two people am I confusing? So many people are like, is this a secret weird thing? I'm like, no, that's a thing that took you mm. too long to realize. Is this thing something that took you too long to realize? No, that's a secret weird thing. They have mm. definitions. They are separate from each other. They both feature mm. a moment of revelation, but I don't think that's enough to uh, cause mm. them to be smushed together. I don't think that's right. I think they're very, very related. Have you really thought about one, like what it means? Like there are, there are cultures I've been told on, uh, in, in documentaries I've seen, there are cultures that have only three numbers. It's like zero, one, and a lot. Yeah, there are languages, uh, speaking of languages that are difficult to learn, um, where you've got, in, in, uh, in English, we're used to singular and plural and maybe some sort of undefined numbers and stuff. But some languages have uh, a way that you have to change things around when there's zero, when there's one, when there's two, and when there's more than two. So two gets its own thing. So you're talking about like a, a plural, like usually adding an S or or Yeah, or right, exactly. And they, and they have a separate version for two. Oh, man. So they've got, they've got zero, one, what, two, the, and there, more than Romance two. languages, I mean, like I'm thinking of the first one comes to mind is Faliadu. When you have two people who both make each other crazy, you know, or like, you know, you know what I'm talking about, you know that phrase, right? Fully do like there's, mm -hmm. there's these people in this weird relationship that is probably not healthy in any particular way. And they both bring out the crazy in each other. And they both, it, I think it's usually, Fully do usually is meant to say, well, particularly these two people are in some kind of a shared fantasy world is the implication anyway. Um, what, you know what languages those are? It's okay. No, it's not. I don't think I, I vaguely, I, I vaguely remember it not being like uh, one of the Latin based languages. So it was yeah, right, right, right. It, at one point uh, at, at my that job, sounds a little I Chinese. Was, that sounds like something the Cantonese or Mandarin would do. There's, yeah, I was, there's I was a localizing a website into 16 languages. And honestly, I don't even remember what all the 16 languages were. But I do know that there was a special case for two because I was doing the localization code. And when you do that, you have to learn all these details. Of course. Or you have to learn that if you made an assumption <gasps> that it'll always be like zero, one or whatever, and you find a language with two, then you got to change your code to support that. And I did. And it looks really, it looks really, um, well, I don't need to tell you this, but. You know, uh, I was I was talking with a friend of the show, Ethan Marcotte, the other day about this. The, my my thing with I, I it bugs me when I put in my full zip plus four on a website and it says that it's not valid because it'll only accept. I think their validation, if there's anything, is exactly five. I don't know what the word is. Numbers, whole numbers in here, right? If there's a dash and then four or numbers, there's like so many things wrong with that. And it's like it's so ugh, it's this is why we're getting dumb. And stuff like that. Bad field validation. And then the numbers thing, okay, so I, a pop quiz. Um, I always heard German is one of the hardest because the words can, and the phrases and everything can be so long. What, do you remember which in localization, which, and localization, if I remember, you, you tell me, localization is the process of taking, it could be an application or anything, and, and you're going to make it so that somebody could say, I'd rather have this in French, or I'd rather have this in Arabic. 
And then the the interface usually minimally changes, but the labels on things change. How would you describe it? Well, how would I describe lo- localization in the context that I just used it? Well, I don't know if people know that that's a thing. I think they probably just think somebody hits the software button. But yeah. it's really, it's the thing is, if you have to fit a, the like, and then you see this in movies. Like if, if you watch like The Sorrow and the Pity or whatever, you watch some movie with subtitles and assuming the subtitles are mostly correct, there always there will be this, sometimes used for comic effect, a disparity between the amount of talking that's in subtitles and the amount of talking someone did. Some There's just some, some easier, faster ways to say things. And in German, everything's long. Yeah. yeah you we remember did, what uh, was hard? Yeah. We, like, so lo- localization in software is like, if any place you've got words uh, and you want those words to be in a different language, it's not just a matter of taking out the, the English words and putting in words in a different language. Because there's not always a cognate. Yeah. If there are, if there are, first of all, the words are probably in a different order in other languages. And second of all, if there are sort of placeholders where you say you have deleted seven files, where the seven is in that sentence moves around in every language. So you have, you can't just say, I'm going to put a bunch of words, then a seven and a bunch of other words. What you have to say is here's a sentence and here's an amount. And you have to know what that amount is before you pull the correct set of strings from your localization. And then sometimes file you got to say point. here deleted our two files. This is. Cause right. And then different. sometimes the amount of room you left for that is not enough to fit, for example, German. And I think we had a, we had a testing language that we used that was even longer than German to really stress test the layouts um, it's not Volapuk, which is a separate thing. I'll put a link to that in the show show notes. But it's that that was the name I remember. Like pseudo pseudo languages, like lorem ipsum style things. Yeah, it's some language that had lots of really long words, extremes. But like, well, yeah, but extremes. I bet where you're like some things that are really long for English are short for this, and vice versa. Yeah, German was a good test case if you don't have a synthetic, very long language to see if your layout. When I say layouts break, it's like oh, you only left one line for this text, and you literally can't fit the German phrase for that in that one line so now it's truncated so you better make it so that it wraps or you have enough room for two lines and localization is really hard is that a, so does that exist as like if i if i were to do that from scratch <clears throat> pardon me in uh, google sheets i mean I, let's say there were five words that I, I wanted to make my own little localization you know i would put you know dog cat parakeet in the left column and and then i would go through and making a, what what i guess you guys call a table so do, do you just, is that how it works? I mean, is it that, because there's other you, stuff where like in, in like Pixar movies or if you like, if you ever accidentally, for example, accidentally downloaded a, a Chinese cam of a Pixar movie and you see that all the signs are in different languages in like, in a, in like a Hollywood yeah, yeah. movie, all the signs are in Chinese or Russian too, which now, now that just, that's why I'm asking you this question about, does it make a database, a table, a spreadsheet? Because there's gotta be something very complicated about some of those concepts going beyond just saying, well, English is normal and everything else has to be close enough. It's got to be complicated. Yeah, it is complicated. You need basically software to take strings that are templated. So for example, the amount would be templated and the things surrounding the amount would be templated. So that when you when you evaluate that template and you pass in the number one, it produces a different string than when you pass in the number two or 17 or zero, depending on the, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, and then for dealing with this, there are file formats, like I'll put a link to XLIF in the uh, show notes which was a stand for XML localization interchange file format. Like mm. the people who are doing the localization uh, have to use some kind of interface. They know mm-hmm. the language they can type in the different. So it's like, a, like a, almost like a schema or a dictionary kind of thing. Yeah. And then there's a format for like, okay, when they do all that work in some UI, what does it produce that I can, can then consume and work in my thing? And XLIF is one of the formats that I was using back wow. then. I don't know if it's still popular, but, uh, but it's an XML format. It tells you how old it is. And lots of systems either produce XLIF or consume XLIF to crunch up you know to take the work of the human translators <laughs> and let it 
feed into your engine to produce the correct strings to stick into the user interface. Yeah. Um, I think one of the things <clears throat> that makes it so, f when people post their doc, right, and you see the little, I don't know, is it still a stamp? I don't know what the mail app is, but you'll see the mail app and the red, um, you know, notifications thing, and it'll say, you know, 75,265 or whatever. I always feel like one of the things that is, well, obviously to me, one of the things that makes that funny is that it, however that happened, it's, it's just funny that they have that many of anything that's causing a notification. There's a variety of ways from my point of view of looking at that that makes it funny. But I think what really makes that particular one funny is it differs from the more contemporary way of dealing with that, which is red circle with a one <clears throat> through 99. And then the, the, they're only, it's so interesting though, there, there's a concession to going like, well, we have to have a third digit here or a third character here it's just that we don't want it to say 976. So it's always like, you ever notice things that will say 99 plus in notifications? Mm -hmm. Is there, is that, that's a thing. Yeah, although not every app does it. Like there's all the screenshots going around of people whose mail icon on their that's iPad what had, yeah. had a five digit number. Yeah, that's what, I, that's what I was referring to. It's like, that's what makes it funny to me is it's not 99 plus. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's just a choice that people are making. Although I do wonder for the people who didn't make the choice to do 99 plus, how many digits does it take? Could I put 50, 100 digits? At a certain point, either bad things are going to happen or they're going to say, you know, 9999999 plus. Yeah, but like, like, I feel like 99 plus, it depends on what it's for, obviously. And like, if there's anything that's dumb about this entire thing, it's why, I don't know if it's still the case, but I, I'm just, I am frequently quite amazed. It's, it's like signing up for an email list I don't remember signing up for. I guess we're just not doing that anymore. I guess now we just email people. Like that used to be a thing where you had to opt in. And like, but in the same way, like, I don't know how I got so many notifications turned on or turned back on. Like, I'm a big filter boy title. I really like, you know, filtering all kinds of things. And the problem with that, one of the numerous problems with that red circle with a large number in it is from Merlin's point of view, a 99 plus of what? Like if I, my bank sends me, most of the notifications I get from my bank are about encouraging me to buy an investment vehicle or open a new account. Most of the, I only, I don't even realize that Uber Eats is still sending notifications because I always turn it off right after I use the app because I hate it so much because of this. And I get a pop-up that says, hey, you know, vegetables are green, Super Bowl Sunday. And like that is sitting in, it's kind of the inbox zero problem typified, which is like, you've got a 99 plus on your little red badge. And one of those things that might be a, a Super Bowl shopping suggestion and another one might be like your kids in a well and that's that's really frustrating <laughs> is uber eats telling you that mm -hmm. yeah it's it's a special this month i mean i guess i guess if uber, if uber eats put your kid in the well then it would come from the app so. no no it's uh, because of the carrier laws but the thing is they uh yeah no it's 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 tough but and then at the bottom it says uh, terms and conditions apply but it's all from letters cut out of ladies magazines you know did you see that thing that went around this past week uh, it's the short story by Ursula K. Le Guin, I think is, I got to look it up now. Hang on. Uh, do you know what I'm talking about? I don't know how to pronounce the I, name, of it, which I, is why I'm avoiding saying no, it. No, no. I, I know the author and her work, but I, I don't know the meme. All right. It's the, the ones she's who a, walk she's away a, from. She's a sci-fi, like a, a kind of a sci-fi short story writer. Short fiction. It used to be. That's when I read her. Yeah. The ones who walk away from O-M-E-L-A-S. How would you pronounce O-M-E-L-A-S? I read that in college. Omelas. Oh, there is a pronunciation guide in the Wikipedia. But well, it could be Omelas. If it's Espanol, it would be Omelas. Yeah. 
Uh, do you, yeah, you I read, I read that in, I, God, no, I read it in um, Professor Dykstra's class in 1986. Um, I don't think that's her famous one. No, don't remind me what it is. I'll look it up. Uh, I was a kid in a, in a well, kid, kid in a hole. Hmm. That's why I thought of it, because he was like, if my kid is in a well, and I was like, oh, that was just, so anyway, I, I'll, I'll put a link. We're sending our love down the well. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, I, I won't ruin the short story. You should read the short story first. I think it's available somewhere online, but at any mm-hmm. rate, you I got it right here. Plot summary in uh, the Wikipedia page. But the reason it came up this week is because somebody wrote uh, in Fe- this month. It doesn't have a day, but February twenty twenty four. Oh, it was it was in issue two hundred nine of Clark's World Science Fiction and Fantasy Magazine, uh, and the title is "Why Don't We Just Kill the Kid in the Omelas Hole." <laughs> And that <laughs> might, that may not make sense to you. Might not make no, sense it's, to you. It's to, very to funny. I mean, it's. I imagine it's you know satire. It reminds me of Jonathan Swift. Like maybe, maybe all these Irish children that we can't afford to feed could just be used as food. It's it's a little bit different than that, but yes, obviously it is a short story. You have to have knowledge of the yes. thing that it's written sure, on sure. to understand what it's getting at. But you can just simply read the plot summary on the Wikipedia page of the original story, and then go read for free online in this Clark's World webpage, which we will link in the show notes. This story, I thought it was pretty good. I don't, not sure they stuck the landing, but... Uh, the story, the story meaning it's also, it's, it's a fiction piece. I mean, it's, it's like... piece of short you know, fiction. It's like short three story. pages long. It's not... Yeah, but I mean, it's know. not a, it's not a reported piece, right? It's... No, no, no. This is all, this is all just fictional, satirical riffing on... Yeah. I, I'll it, look for that. The, the, yeah, the I mean, thing... once you read the plot summary on the Wikipedia page, if you haven't already, you'll be like, oh yeah, no, I remember that from school. Mm-hmm. And then the, 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 uh, because I didn't remember it either. I'm like, I know I read that, but then I had to go read the summary. And then I read the, uh, why don't we just kill the kid? And I thought it was pretty good. Did you ever read out of the lottery by Shirley Jackson? Sure did. Hmm. Sure. My kid's middle name comes from Flannery O'Connor. Yeah. Does it, does it surprise you that I I've just seen that? Su- does not surprise me. Okay, good. Oh, that's already funny. I'm going to throw yeah, my you kids. Over. My kid's name comes from uh, Kate Blanchett. Oh, wow. Now see, that's, that's pretty cool. Um, I just found out Taylor Swift's name comes from James Taylor. I found that out on a podcast. There you today. go. Uh, what was I talking about? Omelas. You've seen fire. You've seen rain. Hmm. Hmm. You've seen um, Disney Sea that you won't see again. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. No, it must not I have been I don't important. Like it. Speaking of Taylor Swift, I've said Speaking this before. She rhymes "sorry" with "story," I believe. Mm-hmm. I think that's the one that annoys me. Let me see. Let me th- let me sing it in my head. I know. I can tell you one off the dome. One of my favorite songs of hers, she rhymes sneakers with bleachers, which <sighs> Sondheim would not approve. So that one, when you're doing sneakers with bleachers, I feel like, okay, that's kind of a slant rhyme. It's fine. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. It's kind she, of internal when she rhyme. Does, she, when she rhymes sorry with story, she pronounces there. sorry in the Canadian way to make it a straight rhyme. And I, I disagree right. with that. They, they both begin with sibilance and end with an error. Right. But no, but she says sorry in story, like she's from Canada, but she's not. You don't say starry? Like Starry Decisis? No. Spring Sorry and Story is how I say it. And she, and she, so does she, except when she sings the song and then she says uh, Sorry and Story. Again, unless I'm mis- misremembering the lyrics. People love Taylor Swift. She's great. Did you know that? What's not to love? Well, I discovered a band the other night through our mutual friend Alex. Because, um, well, this, this is this bit, ugh, I do a bit and it's like, it doesn't matter. But like, if you, if you've ever seen one thing, the Mastodon, you know, like I love making up names. Okay. And like, so we're watching the Grammys. Like we do, we watch all the awards shows. This is a, such an exciting time of year. There's always something happening on Sunday night and we do it together. It's really fun. But I like to do the red carpet thing. And like, 
my kid and my wife like drive around in the car and listen to the radio. So, and my kid's a kid. So my kid knows everything. My wife knows a lot. And they keep talking about Jelly Roll, for example. Wait, they listen to the radio? Yeah. Like an FM radio station? Sarah and Vinny, they listen to on the way to the way to school. All right. Yeah, but they know they know all this stuff in the inside baseball. <laughs> all the all the important celebrity news that you're trying to block in Apple News Plus. Oh my God. And they keep showing this man uh, with face tattoos and they and, and they go, look, it's jelly roll. And and then they're like, and and my kid goes like, oh, but yeah, you know, he has a really interesting story. He's married to this woman and I, I used to be his drug dealer or something. And I'm like, what the what is jelly roll? Are you, I think that's DJ Khaled. And then they say, well, you always think guys that look like that are DJ Khaled. And I, I'm like, well, you know, show, show me the lie. I, what, what does DJ Khaled do? I don't know, but he's always at places. Now there's Jelly Roll. and We love Jelly Roll. And I, but like, there's just so many people and they go, oh, it's, it's Tia, it's Tia Fountain Lace. And I'm like, what? You know what I'm saying? Like, do, do you go through this? Like where you're watching something with nominal celebrities? <laughs> I don't know who any of these people are. I didn't know Taylor Swift had a new album. Like, I like Taylor Swift. It was just announced. So wasn't it just announced? No, no. The, the I didn't brand? know she had. I thought it was called Eras was her latest album. But it's called something like, uh, is Midnight Madness the one by Night Ranger? Airheads, you thought it was called? I thought it was Airheads, the Adam Sandler album. No, I thought it was Eras was the tour. So I assumed oh, that eras. was the name. You're trying to say Eras. Got it. You're making an era. <laughs> no. Eras. Excuse me? E-R-A-S. Right. Er- eras. eras. Yeah, the errors. errors tour. That that's why uh, Elliot Callen said the errors tour because it sounds very close to errors in both of our accents, but not yours. I think that's a pretty funny thing to say. The biggest pop culture event this year, probably. What's what is the errors this, tour? Tour. The errors tour. Yeah. 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 Um, they did Gilly when they were here, which I still haven't seen. Oh, but Dan's PowerPoint was so good. Oh my God, Dan's PowerPoint was so good. Um, so I guess we're making good progress on all of this. I want to thank everybody uh, for the uh, the Asia feedback. And honestly, hey, like real talk, guys, if you, if you have things where you're like, I, I mean, the, the bit on the internet, I think is like, is one is like T-I-L or I was this many whatever's old when I whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, I whatever, you don't have to do that. It's okay. It's, this is not live journal. It's not 2001. Just write it like a person in the way that I like. And, and if you found, if you have these or discovered these things, like you, if you're still, I want you to show me your vulnerability and admit to me that there are things that you didn't know listeners. And you can but share you that. Just learned. Should they send that to Then We have an account on Mastodon. Did we you do. know that? Yeah, we do. What's it's it on? Is it on Mastodon.local? Uh, at recdiffs at Mastodon.social. Mastodon.local. <laughs> I'm having trouble getting to yeah. my website. Mastodon.local is the rendezvous slash bonjour address for it. I, I, I tend to go, well, it, it depends. It depends. I, I tried to go to port 22 and um, there was some port forwarding and unfortunately went to 9100 and then I accidentally printed out Elliot Kalen. There you go. Sorry. Rendezvous slash bonjour slash zero conf. You know, one, that's another nice thing about Tailscale. Tailscale, man, I'm telling you. Yeah. Tailscale, it's the most exciting technology that I've used in years. It's absolutely you probably had stuff like this in your life before. I didn't know something like this existed. And it's, it boggles my mind every day what Tailscale does. It's, it's crazy. You don't use it, I'm guessing. I do not. Hmm. Do you hate it for a reason? No, Are you suspicious I'm just about scared it for of a networking stuff. Yeah, no, I know. And I think everybody, it's one of the things where like how I am with uh, Descript. Sorry, real quick, Tailscale. Um, this, this 
can't, won't, and shouldn't be interesting in, unless you are a little bit of a computer person. But if And if you are a little bit of a computer person, you probably already know about it, but I don't care because I'm going to say it again. TailScale is a service. How, well, give me the one line. How would you describe it? Because you know this stuff better than me. I'm, I, I think of it as a network that lives on top of any existing networks it has and lets those continue to operate if you want them to operate. But how would you describe what TailScale does? I would describe TailScale as a thing that lets you uh, network things that you would think were separated in a way that they couldn't be networked. But they can by TailScale. Yeah, I mean, just the, just the very, very, just barely slightly techy way to, to explain the wonder of this is that you get this thing going on, on different devices, and then there's all kinds of things you can do through this interface that expose things like ports, services, things like that. I mean, you can get really in the weeds with this stuff because that's what they do as a company. If you're comfortable sitting there doing like things with config files, you can do all this really crazy stuff. But the thing that anybody can do for like three users, 100 devices for free is you go in and it gives you johnsyracusa.tail, whatever it is, uh, tailnet.net or whatever, and assigns you a 100.100, I think, IP address to everything that's on those networks. So I'm, I'm going through this fast, but like that, here's the thing. Like if you have a Synology called Synology, for example, it doesn't have to be, doesn't have to be it's like host name or whatever. Whatever you name it in TailScale, you call it Synology. And that Synology is at an IP address, right? It has services that are running. It has ports that are open or closed. It has a firewall policy. It's even as easy as Synology is to use in some ways. It's still a fair amount of upkeep uh, to like keep it good and safe. And uh, like, if you want to have SSH on, like you're going to need to really nail down that firewall or you're going to get a lot of, uh, a lot of China and Russia overnight. And then you can do, you know, it's just also like, ugh. but here's the thing. So all your stuff, and let me just be clear here. This is, in my case, this is my office. This is my house. This is all of our devices, including laptops and um, phones, et cetera, right? And when you set this up on TailScale and you get, you have your little domain name, that's, you know, a, sub, a subdomain of this TailScale network. You, so there's the, like, I know, what do you call this? There's an IP address, right? With the dots. Then there's the, not a host name, but what do you, what would you call, I guess it's subdomains. But then you've also got whatever you call the device. These are all like things you can use. You go into the terminal. Well, that's a bad example. Like you go to command K, right? You go to command K and it's usually a little bit of a pain in the butt to mount stuff from AFP or SMB. And you may not remember, oh, that's just kind of annoying. And you got, to, oh, what's the IP address? Did the IP address change? Now you go to command K if everything's running. Oh, and it's also a VPN. That's what everybody like points out about it. It doesn't do very much as a VPN, but it does the basic thing a VPN does. You hit command K and then type in like SMB colon slash slash Synology and hit enter. Just Synology. Even if that's in another part of the world, Tailnet, Tailskit, Tailscale has enabled all those networks to talk to each other under the aegis of this one Uber network. You can use the 100 dot whatever IP address. You can use the name that you can give it. And it's even got stuff like, they got a thing in alpha right now that so far really works. Like personally, I love, what, what's CloudSend or AirGive? What's the thing where you, where you send something through the air? Um, AirPlay? WhisperNet? Uh, no, no, what's you, it uh, AirDrop, you know. sorry. Yeah, yeah, they have a version of that, but it's for every device that you've got. So you can send something the same way, share menu, you know, left click on this folder, share, and then send that to TailScale. And then a list of all the devices that can receive it, 
because again, like in our, my case, they're all mine, so they're all accessible. But anything you can send it to shows up, and it treats it pretty much so far. This, as, like, as far as I can tell, the same way that it, it treats, um, you know, uh, CloudGive. It's it's amazing. You can send files that way. Anyway, it's just it's kind of magic that it's given what it does. It's crazy how easy a basic setup is to get running. Um, and then of course you can just go a lot of places with it. It, it again, for things like, like, Oh God, the new update of prompt, the, the panic app is so good. And it was really easy for me to go in. Cause I hadn't used prompt in a few years. I've been using terminal. I paid for prompt. Love it. It's got so many great features. If you need a terminal client, um, of course it's panic. So there's all kinds of ways you can make it look good or look differently than it looks. But, uh, it was so easy for me, John, to just go in there and say, quick connect, type in, say, in this case, Synology. Um, I don't, I, th- I think I did have to put the port, but then you type in your, your username and password and you don't have to remember IP addresses. You don't have to w- <clears throat> remember wackadoo domain names. Merlin's tip when you're naming something, well, apart from a pet or a child, th- name it the first thing that occurs to you. In some cases can be really good unless you have a reason to do it differently. But if you call this the hall dingus, why not call it the hall dingus? And in that instance, you can just enter in hall dingus and it'll take you to the dingus. And then with exposing these ports with, sir, I'm sorry. I, I, I'm John. I'm really excited about this. I can tell. Have you ever played with it? I have not. I'll send you a screenshot. <sighs> you guys, I'm sorry. I'm very lonely. I don't really have any friends. I have this one Steely Dan album that I like. And then apart from that, everybody else is a nuisance. Final follow-up item. Final follow-up. And so thank you. Every, and so if you have any more things that took you uh, too long to realize are, are secret things you should have learned earlier, uh, you can send those. And uh, is it at, at Rectifs on uh, Mastodon? Mastodon.social. Okay. You don't need to follow us. All, all we really do there is mention the show. Don't, don't look for any stuff there. You know, and, don't, and, and don't email me, you know? He was disappointed, John. He was disappointed. Mm-hmm. You can follow the account if you want to know when the show is posted, because that's what goes there. And because you're a listener, you get, you get to know a secret that I learned. It took me too long to realize was a real thing was that it's not a bot. Like Relay has a bot that will post stuff to Twitter for you or back in the day when we were using Twitter. I just want you all, I want to remind you what my co-host told me a couple shows ago. John personally makes, Roderick on the line style, John personally makes the uh, promotional toot when Rectifs goes up. Which has no content in it to speak of, but I've been, uh, how many years have I been doing it? I've Every time I do it, I have to look back at the past ones to remember the format, which is sad because I'm literally the only one doing it and the format has never changed. I still have to do that too. Every, um, and, and you know, like, okay, one more inside baseball thing that's, I, I, that I just want our listeners to know. And I, I'm not saying this for clapping, although I think it is pretty cool of me. I, I really feel weird about asking people for money. And so if I am asking for some, somebody for money, I want to be really clear about the terms and I want to deliver in a way that hopefully exceeds expectations, which includes occasional, like you know, I did a, somebody was confused about where to find their feed and I private messaged them about that today. Like I, I, I'm so grateful that people do that and I don't want to make a scene about it. But when I post the show, my job, it's my job to do the show notes and post the show. I always make sure to post the member version. I do it usually at least an hour before because it takes a while to generate all those feeds. And I'm with, with Roderick. So anyway, I just want to say I'm a really good person. Don't you think, John? Yes, very, very, very Wouldn't you be frustrated if you saw the public, regular, normal person, the snork episode title? You saw the snork episode was up, but the one you were paying for wasn't in your pocket yet. Wouldn't you be bummed? 
Yeah, no, it's an important service you provide. Every every week I post Roderick on the line and I put it on our Patreon. And I always, so B, I always make sure the Patreon one goes up even a second before the other one. I, I can't control how long it takes to DNS stuff to propagate or whatever, but I do that. And, um, and every week I have to remember, is it ad free? Is it like, what do we call it? What do we, like, and I, of course it's ad free, but do I do it ad free? Cause I think I do ad free lowercase in parentheses, but I, and I, no one cares, no one notices and no one cares. And, and, and because there's no advertisers for podcasts anymore, it's really the same thing that you're getting with, with the other thing, except you're being super cool with us, with Roderick. But I, I, John, every week, every Monday afternoon, I have to go, are you sure it's ad free all lowercase in press? Uh, it, it was, I felt like it was more pressure when I was doing this on Twitter because t- Twitter didn't have editing back then. Uh, oh at least Mastodon has editing. So if I screw up the format. I can just fix it. Isn't that, that, that I mean, like I use it. I mean, like I'm pretty careful. I, th- I mentioned this to you earlier, like almost everything I type literally starts in drafts that includes if you've ever noticed isn't it funny how i like send somebody three texts and they all arrive right in a row yeah that's because i write it somewhere else it doesn't make sense to write that in messages it makes sense to write that in another app and look at it like a person because the things you write matter even if you think they don't matter and um things you write end up writing you (laughs) wow huh make soap out of it Do you know in the death, amazing thing? In death, your drafts have a name. Uh, um, come on, you you can do it. You can do it. Follow, last follow up item. You can do it. Give me a give me a, give me just a rough rough range. When it, what it's from? I'm, I've highlighted it. No, what in death? Your drafts get uh, a name. Oh, that's a uh, Fight Club. Oh, okay. Same thing that uh, your your things you own end up owning you. And that's why I made the joke. My yeah. God, you're turning into my wife. Well, um, you asked me what, what the second thing was from. I figured you, you, it was also well, from Don't Fight play Club. along with the joke if you don't know the joke. They're that both sounds, from Fight that's Club. My wife? <laughs> she might be from Fight Club. I don't Where know. Where my children play with their toys? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was not Fight Club. Um, I mentioned, God, how did it come up? We were talking, oh, it was the things that took you too long to realize. And I was saying that there's a, uh, there's a park, a Disney park in Japan that I've watched a bunch of videos and read reviews about that sounds amazing. And I don't know the exact name. I think there's like, it's sort of like magic kingdom and Disney world. I think I know there's Disney is a Disneyland Japan or anyway, this particular park is called Disney sea. And I pointed out to John that, and this is a recent one. This is only the last couple of years. I even knew this existed, let alone watched a video. But I, I think the joke there is that you have Disneyland and Disney world. And because this one is, <laughs> water-based like a sea life it's called disney sea instead of disneyland well first of all before you give this follow-up that i don't know what it's going to be do, 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 do you agree that that's what they're doing there i think that is a uh a, a kind of extra special secondary bonus mm-hmm. and mainly it was because it's the it's just it's so unusual it's so and you know if you followed the history of this and the botch plans for the original like sea park they were going to do in like the eisner era do you follow this stuff not really, although it occurs to me they probably should have called, should have made Disneyland, Disney Sea, and Disney Swamp, but they didn't. Oh, in the Magic Kingdom, the the, <laughs> the the magically real kingdom that's inside Disney Swamp. Yeah, what's the what's the? Uh, you think your orange is right off the tree? Come to Florida. Oh, what's the incorporated region called? Uh, the Reedy Creek Improvement. There District. you go. Yeah, Reedy Creek. Uh, there's an Easter egg where you can see that at least it used to be uh, on the windows, one of the signs on Main Street. 
I guess you don't know why I put this in here, and maybe I put it in here for. I, I, so, in particular, I was commanding John to check out a um a, a YouTube video by a very animated person who's not from America on a channel called Review Time with a Y. Because we like you, and oh, wait a minute! Did I just blow it all open? Did you understand what I just said? Yeah, why? The, because we like you, M I C K U I, Mickey Mouse. But he's, he's, like he does things that include Disney. You understand? Mm-hmm. It's like they call it a hidden Mickey. Mm-hmm. You don't you don't want a hidden Mickey in your drink. That's a different. I know kind of that's, thing. that's kind of an unfortunate phrase, but yeah, yeah, Mickey Mickey Finn. He's a different one. And so I pointed John to this video where this guy had a very adulatory, excited, and he, he makes no bones about it from the top. He's like, this is my favorite theme park in the world. You know, merchandise, eight out of 10. And um, he reviews it. Uh, a very, But, you know, it was kind of silly, but I, I thought it was a good depiction of like what makes that place look special and different. Like sort of, you know, uh, non-Americanness aside, just like the vistas, the sight lines, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, so you had a remark about that video. No, the only reason I put this in here is because when I was listening back to the previous episode, I heard you again say, refer to the Disney Sea thing, and you're like, I'm gonna, definitely going to put that link in the show notes. And I'm like, but we didn't put that link in the show notes because no, I didn't really? know what the link was. Oh, no. Oh, I'm and so then, sorry, everyone. But, but then I went back and looked. I, well, I did double check, and I'm like, yeah, we should talk about this next time because I need, I need to get the link from you. I'm like, oh, we'll just talk about it on the show, and we'll put the link in this episode. But then I looked again later, and the Disney Sea links were in last uh, Oh, what's episode. happening? Will you look at the so, member episode or the, uh, the public Yeah, episode? maybe I just didn't reload the page or something. So anyway, we will relink to the Disney Sea videos. They were in the previous episode's show notes. They will be in this episode's show notes as well. Because mm-hmm. you know once it's posted, you know, they're, they're gonna, they, they, the, the timeline diverges. Yeah, no, we have an edit button. It's fine. Yeah, but there's no website for it either. It's really weird. <sighs> oh, yeah. I, I know what you mean. The member one, yeah. yeah. They wake me for the important meetings, I guess, you know? Um, but did you, did you watch, out of curiosity, though, uh, John, did you watch any of the video? Did you, or like, th- is your is your familiarity with Disney Sea any greater than it was a couple weeks ago? I, I think I've, what I've seen, I haven't seen these particular links, but uh, mm-hmm. Cable Sasser, speaking of panic, is always talking about uh, Disney Sea, <laughs> right? Uh, I think he's always talking about either Disney Sea or Tokyo Disney or both. And so I've seen a lot of videos that he has linked over the years about these parks. You get what I mean, though, right? About, or let me ask, a, pose it as a question. I wonder if you agree with me that, you know, when you're, well, at least when I was a little kid, I wasn't, I, w- I didn't want to go like look at flowers or appreciate the vistas until I was in, I think, college. I never realized the way this, the, the, the ground, the path changes as you move from Adventureland to Frontierland. Like the, all the subtleties, you learn about no CM Green. Like this is a whole culture. I'm not trying to bring you into the cult, but there's a fascinating culture about like looking at the way Disney does stuff. And it is, you know, it's not nothing they hide, but like, do you, do you notice there's a little bit of music everywhere at Disney? And did you notice the music never clashes? Isn't that odd that you could go from... Uh, Liberty Town, USA into Fantasyland or whatever. I don't know if they connect, but um, yeah, Fantasyland's in the middle. But you know what I'm saying? Like you, you, you don't notice those transitions. And there are some transitions where he goes, oh, I see. Like these, this building is very like Arizona looking. And now this one is going to be a little bit more Mediterranean looking. And now, oh my gosh, it looks like Pirates of the Caribbean. But there's no single place you can point to as where you go from one park to the other. Aesthetically. It's like the, it's like the green and the white part of the scallion. Finally chop the scallions, separating the green parts from the white. Yeah, there's so many problems with that. Ugh, God, the way people write. 
Um, and did you get what I mean, though? Like, the, mm-hmm. the, I don't know if you saw the discussion about the big mountain, the volcano thing, but like the way that, like, at Disneyland, let, let's let's give them a little credit. People are hard on Disneyland, including me. I've been in numerous fights with people about Disney World versus Disneyland. It's a very Casey kind of thing to do. It's not a fair fight. In some ways, it's not. And one of those ways is go look at a map. Look mm-hmm. at an old map. Okay, Disneyland it's important. Is a parking lot. You need to look at at Disneyland. I would say look for that area, and there's a lot of videos about this. I've seen a lot of them, but go and look at Anaheim in you know whatever that was early to mid '50s, like before construction started. Look at it. Look at it once Disney is in there, and then jump anywhere forward more than five years, and it's going to really blow your mind. Anaheim was not a nothing city by any stretch, but you know, Disneyland was a really big deal. And that led in the same way that like uh, Kissimmee, St. Cloud, Orlando, International Drive, all those places like grew up around, as my friend Tony was from Orlando would say, growing up in the shadow of the mouse. You know, like like somebody who's, who's like grown up in Orlando, it's such a weird experience and a whole like industry builds around that. But to John's point, Disneyland itself, it's really, really small. And and the way it was described to me by a tour bus driver in probably 1977 uh, was uh, Disney Disney World is much larger than Disneyland. For, so imagine the parking lot at Disney World uh, near Orlando. Imagine the parking lot at Disney World. It's got all the sections with the names of characters. You're in Sleepy Two or whatever. You could fit Disneyland and its parking, and I, I assume the hotel, old hotel. You could fit all of that into the parking lot at Disney World. And still have room for two stadiums, sports stadiums, and parking for those stadiums, just in the parking lot of Disney World. That that that's a hair curler right there, John. Reedy Creek got a lot, one thing you got a lot of in Florida is flat, swampy land. Going down to Florida. That's a song by the Butthole Surfers. Are you are you familiar with with them? I'm familiar with the band, not the song. There's a creep and a cellar I'll make you tape if you want. No thanks. Oh, yeah. So the thing I learned about <clears throat> was uh, we were watching the Grammys, and I guess Alex was watching the Grammys, too. And so I was doing my bit about like where, where I make fun of uh, people's terrible names. Oh, that, that, that's Bunks Barkington. Strong words coming from Merlin. Yeah, I didn't get to pick it. But like DJ think? Sponge, he picked the tattoos and the name. Yeah, well, it's not Boogie. You don't get to pick your nickname. He told me you should, you should let him play craps. <laughs> this America, man. This America, man. And, uh, and what I learned about uh, the Jack Antonoff. And what I realized, everybody's like, oh, Taylor Swift, Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift's like standing the whole time. It was really like, oh, God, calm down. She, you know what I say to her? I say, I say to she's Taylor got, Swift, she's got a song with that lyric you need it. to calm down, is what I yeah. say to Taylor. You, you mm-hmm. need, <clears throat> why you got to be so mean? That's a really good song. You know that song? I do know that song. One you should take uh, what, I'll yeah, be, several seats. I'll be living in a big old city. All you're ever going to be is mean. Mm-hmm. Empathetic. And uh, that's where I learned about Jack Antonoff. And why do I care about Jack Antonoff? I, I, I didn't. I want to say I don't, but I, what I say is I didn't. I knew his name. And I knew he was one of those Mark Ronson types where like he'd done like lots of production stuff. Well, obviously, I didn't realize all the production stuff he'd done. But why do I care? Because next there's Taylor Swift and there's this, this fella. And then there's the real queen, Margaret Qualley, who continues to just ascend. She's absolutely an astonishing creature. She's a, a, such an amazing... This is a, a, I first learned about her from a John Syracuse suggestion, the show The Leftovers. She's on The Leftovers. But she's... Uh, uh, <laughs> her mother is Andy McDowell. They were on a show to, together called Made. Love, love Made. 
Made is, made is extremely good. But Margaret Qualley, I mean, I, I feel like I make the, need to make this distinction sometimes because I sound like such a creep. But I'll just, I'll see somebody and I'll go, God, like she's so beautiful, but her face is just so interesting. Margaret Qualley's face is, do you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. her expressions are uncanny. And she's one of the best criers ever. <laughs> and she is called upon to do that a lot. She's called Margaret Qualley. I mean, if you've got, like, don't, don't buy the ammunition if you don't have the gun. Mm-hmm. Write that down. Margaret Qualley, but of course, you really need to see her dance because that's what she's trained in is mainly ballet, but also all the other stuff. And you can see that in that perfume commercial. And you can see it in the video for a Jack Antonoff song. Have you seen this video yet? Uh, don't. Th- I mean, not the one where she's dancing uh, so, by the mirrors, right? That's the. Oh, no, that's Kenzo Perfume, I think. Yeah. Uh, I am looking for his band Bleachers, and they have an upcoming album, but they have four tracks out right now, and uh, she's in the video for, oh, Modern Girl is really good, too. I listen to this on repeat, but there's, they do a video, it's a, John, would you, not now, but we watched the, the video for that song, Bleachers, uh, Margaret Qualley. People get a lot of value from this show. It's called Tiny Moves. Tiny Moves. And um, it's just, it's a really beautiful, fun, and ultimately very sweet video. Do you know about Jack Antonoff? Are you familiar with him? I am familiar with the fact that he produces many Taylor Swift songs and has a signature sound that is identifiable. Absolutely. And do you not know about his struggles? I do not know about his struggles. Mm, He's got struggles. Like he's got really bad anxiety and OCD, like real OCD, and he has what people call germophobia. I don't love that term, but, you know, mm-hmm. he has to go out and tour, and he has to go out and do stuff, and he has to make Taylor Swift work. Now, here's the thing. I, I, I never want people to think I dislike Taylor Swift. I not only don't dislike Taylor Swift, there's like three Taylor Swift records I really like a lot. And I think she's... What's, it, what's your number one album? Um, I like Red, and I like Fearless. I mean, obviously, uh, the the one with the Polaroid has the bangers. In 1989, right? There's the one where she has fluffy hair, where she does that indie rock song. She does this song that's like a, a really good indie pop song. You know, I, I'm I'm gonna say Red. Is Red the one that's got that's got a couple of big hits on it? It's got the lipstick on the cover. Uh, it sure it sure does have a lot of hits on it. Well, like, um, I know you were trouble when you walked in. That's a little earlier, right? I think uh, this is the, the problem with, with the, the living um, in this post uh, album age. I never know what album anything. I know, is I from. know. Well, that yeah, I, but I was trying to like play it off legit and, and bluff my way into being able to say, really, I listened to a bunch of her songs. Yeah, yeah. And I like the other version, to be honest. I understand why she did what she did, but I yep. almost uniformly like the old version. Yeah, not not all the Taylor versions are winners. Um, the ones that are redos of songs I cherish, and I do cherish some of these songs, are just not as muscular. What's that song? It's like her big. It was like one of her very first hits, and it's given how country do better than that. I thought it was pretty close. Taylor Swift pop song. Taylor Swift pop song. I'll get it. No, it's not that Taylor Swift. All too well. Yeah, that was okay. Yeah, another ten minute version of that is good. Um, no, this one's banging. This one has a very specific i want to get the year of this exactly right it's very i want to say a very specific 1996 sound are you talking about the album version of all too well or the 10 minute version oh is that taylor's version no i don't think is so. all too well not the one what's the one i'm thinking of 
God you damn have it. To sing I, some of it, let me know. The, 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 is Taylor Swift music pop music? I'll, I'll go look at Spotify. I think it's when she's the one where she still had the fluffy hair. You know what I mean? There's a one album cover where uh, there's, a, there's actually a person on that cover. It looks like a flag, but it's not. That's Taylor Swift. Taylor See, I thought that was a flag on the cover of the Steely Dan album. Oh, it's actually a, it's from a robe. There you go. I'll send I'll send you the ten the ten minute version has a fifteen minute music video. You liked fifteen Taylor Swift songs. Hang on, I think this is it. It was all too well. No, no, no. That's a really good song, but that's not the one. Never grow up, Mirrorball. Ch- change, change from Fearless. Change from Fearless. It has the aesthetic of i mean it's a great taylor swift song but it also is reminiscent and i'm not saying this in a bad way i'm saying this is a good gin blossoms counting crows like counting crows could be very cool if you've never heard like the cool counting crows songs but there's that feeling or even like you know a little later stuff like closing time there's a certain like mid to late 90s feel that i think she really like indie indie influence that she nails on change and i don't like taylor's version of change what's your favorite taylor swift album reputation is that the one with the newspaper and the gothic black letter? Yeah. Oh, it's, I don't think it's a newspaper, is it? Let me see. Oh. I just remember it looking like, like a newspaper, and I, I thought, thought it had it's, black letter. It's like letter. a, it, yeah, it's black and whitey. Yeah, no, there is a new, there is newsprint in it. Yeah, is folk, folklore is the one where she's in the woods, it looks like. Yeah. I don't have any here from, what was the one you just mentioned? Uh, reputation. Legendary? What? Reputation. Oh, Reputation. The ones, Should ones I check you might that out? from Reputation are... Uh, I it's called Eras. Yeah. Oh yeah, see that's um, kind of like newspapers in the background. Ready for it? End game. I did something bad. Don't blame me. Delicate. Yeah. Um, you might know some of these. Man, it's just like every, every person who runs into her. I'm sure this has been done as a bit, but every like young man who runs into her must just think, please, 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 don't let it happen. Don't let it happen. I cannot stand to be put in the uh, in the in the John Mayer situation. Hey, you don't want to be in a song. Don't do anything bad. He was. He, you really think that's true? Yeah. You think that you think that's a that, that is a form of prophylaxis? It's just not doing something bad? Yeah. Well, if you never break up with her, there won't be a song about your breakup. Well, give me the corollary of that. If somebody if, writes If you a, never a, date her, you don't have to worry about breaking up with her. <laughs> to solve the problem is. That's right. Yeah, well, you know. Um, so the one I, oh, she's one called So It Goes. Okay, check out um check out that not now, but but that song change. We we do that for me. What, so I'm gonna write down your homework. You've got you've got to watch the or I don't care if you watch the video, but uh, the song change. Ah, ah, I started playing Taylor Swift. Uh, change by Taylor Swift. I call her Tay Tay. And then the other thing, what was the video I wanted you to watch? Oh, oh, oh I wanted you to watch um the Bleachers song. Yeah, no, we'll, we'll link we'll link that video in the show notes. You like music? I do. And so you didn't watch the Grammys. You didn't see you too. Did not watch the Grammys, although I did look at uh, the, when you mentioned that, I looked it up on YouTube to see the YouTube performance. And Does he look different? Like, like Madeline was like, of course, that's Larry. I said, I don't, if that's Larry, he looks really young and I've never seen his hair that the, long. The compression and the YouTube copies that I found was so bad and he was on oh. screen so briefly that I could not tell. And the fact that he was on screen so briefly makes me think that's not Larry, or otherwise they would have shown him. Yeah, and he had long hair. Because like, you know what I mean? Like when you have he a looked, band he like He too young to be Larry and Larry's fit as hell. Like right, Larry but, looks but, great. Larry and Ad, Larry and Adam are in their era era right now. When when you have a uh, a band like REM, but the the drummer is not the drummer from REM, they show <laughs> the three other members way oh, more. Oh, I, I understand what you're saying. That does happen sometimes with King Crimson, which is the well, alongside Steely Dan, the two best examples of 
generally speaking. I mean, I, I'm sorry, you guys. Isn't, isn't, about, isn't Larry ill or something? I forget. Oh, is he? That sucks. But their song was their song was pretty good. Like, I wouldn't say it's like war level good, but it's Joshua Tree level good. Let's see. Uh, oh no, it's a Yahoo story. Because uh, they're not being press cute. Pause on new tunes while Larry Mullen Jr. recovers from neck surgery. Yeah, that wasn't Larry. Oh no. Can you can you guess what I imagine the guy who the person was? What do you think? I, where do you think I guessed who that was? Uh, Dave Grohl. What's what's his full name? The drummer, David Grohl. Nope. <laughs> Larry Mullen Jr. David, son of Bathsheba. Grohl. <laughs> so, ergo, who's probably there? I don't know. Larry Mullen the third. Oh come on! Isn't in there a little Larry? Doesn't Maybe. little Larry like to I get on the I skins? I don't keep up with uh, the <laughs> children of you two. Doing that purdy uh, shuffle. Ever, ever since uh, Andre Agassi and Steffi Graf did not produce the next great tennis talent, I've, I've been becoming disillusioned with eugenics. No, but not enough grit, John. <laughs> I think he wanted to play baseball. We talked about this before that yes. Steffi Graf and Andre Agassi's son wanted to play baseball. And I'm try- now I'm, I'm struggling to remember what you, because like you, you had all kinds of interesting information about that whole, their family that I just didn't know because, you know, you follow tennis closely. You're interested. I read, I read his autobiography, uh, Andre's book. You, I think you would like it. I mean, he's after my time. I was like a Bjorn Borg guy. I know, but he has the uh, he has a uh, a uh, troubled life. That sucks. So the, it makes the early nineteen eighties were a pretty exciting time for men's tennis. Yeah, I mean, that's like so. Like, Chrissy Everett had like brought. I think I don't know if it was her <laughs> only, but like she's just a baby. Chrissy. That was her name. Her name I was know, Chrissy Everett. I know, I'm aware. Christopher Everett was bringing these serves. I feel like her and Billie Jean King too, but like, especially uh, Chrissy Everett was doing these serves like people hadn't seen. <laughs> so, all right, we've gone off. We're never going to get to my actual topic here, which yeah, is fine, are. but like, but this is worth going off on, on a tangent. So you're, are you aware of um, Drive to Survive on Netflix? The Formula One show? Yes. Yes. Uh, so that's, a, that's a show about the actual Formula One, whatever you would call it, thing in real life. Uh, but it's like a documentary about it, and it is credited with making a bunch of Americans who didn't care about Formula One get interested in Formula I, One. I, I sleep with one. My wife knows everything about everybody. And when Brian Hamilton or whoever, sorry, no offense to yeah, Brian. Brian Hamilton, right. But when Brian Hamilton uh, left VW to go to Fiat or whatever this mm-hmm. week, it was a, she was like, seriously, she was like, this is a really big deal. And I was like, well, just put, can you put it in terms I would really understand? Is it like, would it be like, oh, sort of like when Nolan Ryan. Like Derek Jeter going to work for, going to play for the Red Sox. I was going to say Reggie Jackson. And then I thought, actually, that's a terrible example. Yeah. Because he totally did that. He left the Yankees and went to, I want to say the A's. But, you know, one of those players let you, so, oh, like Roger, say Roger Staubach from another time in the Cowboys, where you'd be like, you know, he's already working for Satan. So like, you know, why take a pay grade, you know, to go work for uh, somebody else? Roger Staubach. Remember, he had, did he have a flat top haircut? The Kirby Puckett? Who had the flat top haircut? Was that, was that Johnny people. Udall? What was his name? Too many Johnny people on, on baseball cards in the shoebox in my attic. Johnny, John Havlicek. I have a ball signed by John. Uh, my, my dad brought me a baseball, uh, no, the, the basketball one. He brought me a basketball signed by John Havlicek. I'm, I met Gary Carter at baseball camp. You're kidding. He played what, first for the Expos? Uh, no, he was on the Mets then. Oh, really? Baseball camp with Long Island. Mets. You know, so Shea Stadium. Wait, wait, he's still playing. What would that be? So, so you're born in '74. So mid '80s. Yeah, early '80s, mid '80s. Oh my God, I was still really into baseball then. 
The Mets, the Mets weren't good. Yeah, then, I know. But you know, I think that was pre Buckner, not Buckner. Um, that's the Red Sox. Sorry. Red Sox. Pre, uh, there was some heartbreaking uh, Mets loss that disillusioned people even further with that terrible team. Um, y- yes. Yeah, oh God, it was one of those ones like Buckner or like like a fan touching the ball. It was one of those kinds of like, oh man. These are one of those, this is one of those dumb things that just happens. The Mets are the Knicks of baseball. That's pretty good. Anyway, you're getting me off the topic. My, fam- so, my family's from, go ahead. I got to tell survive. you about the Red Sox, though. I got a thing to say about the Red Sox. Oh, go ahead. Finish your Red Sox thing. Um, that, so my family are Patriots fans and Red Sox fans. And it's exactly as insufferable as it seems. Rhode it's Island. like being friends. It's like, well, it's like being friends with John Gruber. Mm-hmm. Like he only ever roots for the Empire. Like he, it has to be like Patriots these, are the empire. The Yankees are America's team. I didn't say that, <laughs> but the Patriots, like who roots for the Patriots? Like what's wrong with you? I mean, if you're going to root for something like, you know, root for the, if Eagles, you root for the Patriots, but they stunk, I say fine. But if you only yeah, root for like, them, some of them need your help. The, 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 you know, the Cubs, the Mets, the, uh, the, the Eagles. entire region has one team. They're the new England Patriots. It's not even like New York has multiples of, of each one. I don't think that's even like a real area. I mean, is that something? It's a real are, area, but I, I know, feel but like I, know, I know it's a name. How about how about the the Midwest apologies? Like you're going to have sports team for an entire region? Oh, you could. Yeah, I see what you're saying. You do like the Great Lakes casseroles. Yeah, yeah. I see what you're saying. That's that, that's the Western actually State hurricanes stuff like that. Stuff like that. That's pretty smart. My uh, so my family's always been huge Red Sox fans and. Uh, People who don't know won't care, and people who do know. But the Red Sox have had like a, you know, it, they they've had such good players and such good teams. The hitters that they had in the seventies, like one of the, like Carl Yastrzemski, like the the hitters they had was they were bananas good. But they had you know they just they didn't make it. Long story short, um, my my late father in law, um, Madeline's father, is at the game with other family members. Uh, including some of the older kids and I think maybe some whatever the grandkids was, but it's at that it's at it's at the game where I guess was it in the nineties the big game where the Red Sox there was a home run there might have been a walk off home run and like the Red Sox won that game and I, I don't have the date in front of me but right you, you remember like uh, Red Sox were not not quite to the level of the Mets but you'd be like oh god you're a Red Sox fan that sucks um. But it was a, everybody in that place will never forget this home run that was hit that like won this game and I think took them to the pennant or whatever. Um, you've heard me talk about uh, Auntie Susie, my wife's sister. Um, someone had, had like said something like an unkind remark to her as she was coming out of the bathroom. And uh, and John John Steinus, Madeline's father, went went to, went to go give the guy a beating. <laughs> <laughs> And he was outside the outside the the men's room, and the ball hit out of the park. While he was like not in his seat, he did not see it. The man whose whole was life this, uh, Carlton Fisk, where he's waving the ball out of the stadium. Carlton Fisk, oh my god, right! I'm trying to remember other ones were bigger. That was 1975. I guess that would be it. Yeah, the girls they were there. I guess. Oh, I guess that was it. Oh, and then you know who they played? The Yankees, and then lost. Oh my God! No, they played a team from the other league because it was the World Series, and it oh, was. Did they play? So, who, well, who won in seventy-five and seventy-six? Does that help at all? No, no, it doesn't. I know the Islanders won the Stanley Cup from nineteen eighty through nineteen eighty-four. That's all I know. You are you are so you are a very frustrating person to have as a friend. It was a really big deal when the ninth. Was it the, the big, Cincinnati Reds? The big 
red machine. <laughs> beep. They, they, John, they wheeled a television on wheels into mm-hmm. the classroom so we could watch the parade. Mm-hmm. They did that for us. You know what they did that for us for? The Challenger takeoff. Oh. Was that, <laughs> wait, is that the good one or the bad one? That's the bad That's one. That's the bad one. Oh, no. Let's wheel the TV in, kids. We're going to watch oh, the space shuttle take off. It was like wheeling in a TV for everyone to watch 9-11. I had just graduated from high school when uh, that was 86, right? Because it was that in Chernobyl. I just graduated from high school and I was in a, a house, uh, you know, just about a quarter of a mile away from the school that I went to, my high school. I could walk there carrying a guitar and an amp, so it's not very far. Uh, and I did. The chemistry teacher there, Ms. Peak, who had a long-time relationship with the gym, gym teacher, Ms. Ms. Cavanaugh, they had the same haircut. Miss um, Peak, who's really, really smart, and his class I did very poorly in, she was a semi-finalist to go up. Because you remember it was teachers, and in this instance, mm-hmm. it was uh, the woman from uh, New Hampshire, where my, where my college girlfriend, from I think maybe from Kentucky. But um, yeah, so she was, a, I think, a semi... She went far. She went far. She went beyond, like, Florida. And to make it... So if y'all don't remember, it was a big deal because the first civilian was going to be going on, like officially as a NASA person, was going to be going to go through the training and go on, go into space. And in this case, it's on the space shuttle. Our little portable, reusable rocket system that was really cool. It used to launch off a plane. And then, oh man, oh, those things are so cool. I saw one of the heating towels once. I saw, I went to, I went to the Cape, you know, I've, I've seen the space shuttle. So anyway, they said, we wanted this to be a teacher. And so you do your applications, you do all these things. And it was this whole thing for months and people kind of followed it. Like, oh, who's the teacher who's going to go into space? Was it Kirsten McAuliffe, maybe? Yep. And uh, yeah, so so Margaret Peake made it like pretty far to like, where she, I think she's probably in photos with, with uh, the teacher. And, she, and of course, uh, all the classes because she was a celebrity. She was a big celebrity for this, Miss Peake. Well, I'm pretty sure my dad had a work meeting in the World Trade Center a few days before 9-11. You're kidding. Anyway, uh, Miss Peak was out there. It was on they they the the news was there to like cover Miss Peak and all the students watching the rocket she could have been on. And so she and every student at Gulf Comprehensive High School were out there watching when the space shuttle blew up. And Miss Peak could have been on that. Obviously a major malfunction. That's what they said. Hmm. You you're watching Chernobyl. I have. Wait, no. Oh, we got to go back. Uh, drive to Survive. Yeah. So my, my wife, just so you know, I'm trying to be low-key about this, but my wife loves that. And she has absorbed so much information about the internecine drama of all these different teams. And it sounds like it's a very well-done show, right? Even if you're not like a car enthusiast, which she's not. So, so, I know a lot of people like it, but I have never seen it. So I can't offer any judgment on Drive to Survive. I just okay. mention it because... Netflix, it's been a popular series. People are into it. It has brought a lot of new people to F1. And Netflix, being Netflix, says, hmm, this thing where we make a documentary about a sport and a lot of people watch it and talk about it and get interested in the sport, that seems like a good idea. We should do that again. And so, hmm. among other things, they have made a documentary about tennis called Breakpoint that now has two seasons worth of it. I actually know a lot about tennis. Same premise as like we're following people who are up and comers or yep. you know, people who are on the rise, sort of like the way that that uh, 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 the uh, Ocasio Cortez documentary, like where you follow a bunch of people, mm-hmm. you obviously don't know how it's going to turn out, but mm-hmm. then you get coverage for everything, and you can make them. Is it kind of like that? Yep, that's exactly what it's like. Uh, and tennis is the sport that I know the most about. I used to follow it 
very closely. I don't anymore, but I used to. But I know a lot about the sport. I played it all through middle school and high school. Uh, it's the sport I know the best. And and I have watched Breakpoint. And I'm pretty much hate watching it because as far as I can tell, the people who made Breakpoint do not care about the game of tennis at all. You you talked you talked about this with regard to the uh, the Williams sisters documentary, right? Like in that instance, you had the plumber's problem of being somebody who not only loves tennis but recognizes what it should look like when it's played. Well, no, but in that instance, what I was saying is that the the people who are hitting tennis balls in the Williams sisters movie were amazing. Yeah, yeah, but I was trying to do that as a contrast, as a good example of like somebody you're not going to have the plumber's problem if you portray the sport the way people who know it. But see, the thing is with the documentaries. It's the actual sport. All you need to do is care about it. And I don't know if Drive to Survive is like that or not. Like if an F1 fan could tell me, but like, so the reason I say this is because Breakpoint. Too too many edits and stuff? No, the people in Breakpoint could be playing chess. They could be runners. They could be bicyclists. And the show would be exactly the same because this show does not care about the game of tennis. It cares about the human drama. It cares about how they feel. It cares about winning. It cares about losing, but it does not care about the game of tennis. Like it's what a rea- is involved so it's in the not game. a documentary. It's a reality show, essentially. It, it, it doesn't care how tennis is played, any of the strategies involved in tennis, any of the mechanics of the sport. It barely <sighs> cares about the scoring, which is one of the weird things that people know about tennis who aren't even tennis fans. And it drives me up a wall because I'm like, this show is not teaching anybody to like tennis. It's teaching people to be interested in personalities, but it's not teaching hmm. them anything about the game or to like the game at all. And, I'm, and I say, if you watch Breakpoint and you say, I'm really into tennis now, I'm like... Well, then they can show you anything. They could, like it's just how do they how do they mess up as goofy as the score is? It's understandable. Love 15, 30, 40, right? Like, what do they do that messes up understanding of the score? They, they never show like it, tennis is a sport, and there's strategy, and there's dramatic moments that are related to the specific. There's of only the so sport. many points. There's only a few points in each game, but the games are part of a set, and the set is part of a match. Yeah, but, also but, there, inside, but there's. There's forehands and backhands and serves and different players and, with different and skills and strategy with, during a point. In a competitive point. game, it's very close. And it'll be like add in, add out, like again and again and again. And there's strategic, just like in, like if you know anything about baseball, like when do they change pitchers? Who who do they decide to intentionally walk, right? Uh, yeah. who's, when in, do you try football, to steal? How do you, how do you manage the clock by running out of bounds? When, when do stuff? you try to steal? Uh, what, what does it mean to have a lefty pitcher versus a righty yeah. batter or a lefty batter? What's the difference between a fastball and a changeup? Baseball has things about the sport. Any baseball, any baseball broadcast, you would hear all of those things. Yeah, and imagine they did a documentary about baseball, and they never cared about any of those things. (laughs) All the dramatic moments and and of like strategy and baseball series, and and like they never cared about any of that. All they cared about was the players, how they felt, and whether they won or lost. And it drives me up a wall because I do like tennis. I'm very interested in it, and I'm like. Surely, at some point, and you don't they get have much. To, you don't get a lot of it. They, and, and these are real, the real life professional tennis players. Like they don't. There's yeah. nothing they need to do with actors. They're actually playing tennis. It is an interesting sport. The people who are commentating and announcing, like the, the tennis matches, they know about the sport and talk about it all the time. But this documentary series is like, we just they want to make it basically accessible to people who don't know about tennis and don't care about tennis. And so is it's it, like, so it's not fly on the wall. It's heavily edited, probably. It is all about personal drama. Like, yes, these no, are I mean, athletes. Okay, do they do they do talking heads with the person's name under it? Yeah. And they have and they have commentators from, you know, elder statesmen of the sport. Jim Courier is featured in it a lot. Not so, every, yeah, they, yeah, yeah. They didn't get a that, lot of people. That sounds but like, like a budget issue, because if they had a bigger budget, you would see a lot of incredible shots in, in like in, not just oh, in no, slow they, motion, they show but, the games. They show various points, but they are never oh. interested in 
why is this point dramatic? Why did this person win this point? What well, choice did they make? Like, why, this person is winning because they're playing better. When they when we say someone's playing better, like what does that mean? Yeah, like uh, in, uh, the, to give a baseball analogy, uh, the, the, when do you? Who is Mariano Rivera? Uh, and why oh is God, it, what him. is what is his skill set and why is his participation in this World Series significant and what kind of difference did it <sighs> right. make? And the dramatic moment of like, oh, the, you know, they, they pull the pitcher and here comes Mariano Rivera and this right. person's record against him. And the reason that's dramatic are is because of sports related reasons, things that have to do with the mechanics of baseball and these individual talents. And, and things that things that do that rare thing in sports of actually somebody like me knowing who Mariano and re, like revering Mariano Rivera. I mean, I never want the Yankees to win, but I just love watching that guy come in. But to your point, you, if you don't understand, like you, maybe you functionally understand the sport, then you, you get a little bit about the lore, but maybe you don't take the lore very seriously. So you and, think and it's like just- to, to know to know why a moment to something as simple as like a, a you know a game seven, right? Why is that yes. significant versus the first but why, game? Why is the crowd acting like this only when Mariano Rivera comes up? Or right. like Raleigh Fingers in a different age. Or like I say, like Nolan Ryan, who's an opener. But like there were closers back in the day where it was like, that's the hangman. Like when this guy comes out, magical stuff happens that nobody understands. Yeah, or he like, like stuff, nobody a understands, knuckleball and batters, pitcher or someone have who's... no idea how to deal with what he's throwing. They don't understand what he's throwing. And when they do understand, it's too late. And if and Netflix did a documentary, you wouldn't even know that there was a concept <sighs> of, of, of different kinds of pitches and difficulties hitting them and what particular <sighs> yeah. batters have because they would be just like, here he comes and is he going to do good? Oh, he did good. Or he did bad. He lost. Like he, like, he really but, wants but to take what? home, really Why? wants to take home the you know, prize. What, what was year. the count? Like what, any, just anything about the sport is not in break point. Um, and then, so I, I, the other thing, so I basically hate watching it kind of, but I do delight in their decision of who to follow because obviously they don't know who's going to end up being successful and they make some not so great choices. <laughs> do you have a, um, anything in mind? Uh, that's like a, a good t- a documentary that you enjoyed about 10. It doesn't have to be that factual, but is there a non, you know, obviously you could just say, go watch Bjorn Borg and uh, John McEnroe or Billy Connors. Like the, those are some really great games. But, yeah, but if you want a documentary, yeah. I, I mean, I like the 30 for 30 stuff. I like every 30 for 30 I've seen. Some of those are, including the one on Buckner, are really well done. Uh, like, do you have tennis ones, tennis documentaries you like? I don't think I've ever seen many or any tennis documentaries that I can think of. Um, There's ones that you'll see running into stuff that's more like about like the old stuff, like Bill Tilden sort of era, I think. Like the pre, pre-win, like yeah, you know, tennis yeah, kind of like a, an old person narrating. Yeah, they, they would look more like, like croquet with fly swatters. You but, know? With, but without, kind of, usually without interviews of the people, it's all just file footage of the matches and then a narrator. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, it's like the original stock footage. 